Chapter 4 Loxley helped Niku out of the car. They were outside Loxley's country cottage. She was shivering now. It was quite cold and still fully dark, but he feared she was in shock. He had to let her sleep before trying to figure out what had happened. She talked hardly at all as he tidied up his room a bit, transforming it from a bachelor's bedsit into a teenage girl's bedroom. He found an empty whiskey bottle under the bed and surreptitiously dropped it into the kitchen bin. He grabbed a few blankets and settled himself on the sofa. Help yourself to anything in the kitchen or the bathroom that you need, he said. He had everything logically set out so she would be able to find coffee, tea, shower gel and all the essentials. He would pick up a toothbrush tomorrow morning. He knew he would be up hours before Niku. Get some sleep now, he said. We can talk in the morning. She neither replied or hesitated to follow his instruction. A few minutes later, he heard the soothing, regular sounds of someone sound asleep. He doubted he would have such luck. His lot was always to worry and analyse, and a lot of that thought was required now. Sam was dead. That was both a shock and a disaster. No inside track on Hayek's movements now, no ally at the school, even if he and Niku could ever return. Only she would have the answer to that. But for a day or two they would need to lie low here, and as he sat on the sofa, pondering, he knew that Spanton was having Sam's body removed from the shed. Nothing would be found at the school come morning. They would put it about that Sam had simply vanished. A few days later he would be found in a stream somewhere, looking like a drunken man who took a wrong step. Loxley did feel remorse at this, but not much. It was for the greater good. If Sam's job was to protect Niku, then this was one last kindness, and Loxley believed that Sam would have played along. Loxley could not vanish. It would be too suspicious. As for Niku, somehow they had to invent a cover story. Help from Sharin was out of the question after their disastrous meeting, and these thoughts were the last ones Loxley had that night. His alarm was set for five o'clock the next morning. Loxley's alarm did not go off the following morning. Spanton called just after half past four. Sam's remains had been tidied up, and all was normal at the school. The next priority was Loxley and Niku. No, she's not up yet, and neither am I. What's your story for the school, Loxley? Something about flu, probably. Not sure about Niku yet. I don't think we can both be away at the same time. Probably not, said Spanton, but we can't leave her unattended for a second. We can't let her go to school today, so it will have to be you. I'll send someone over to look after her. Spanton was gone again. Loxley had not figured in a colleague, a childminder. It seemed like today was going to be run according to somebody else's schedule, and he was not ready for that. He sat up in bed, turned off his alarm, and decided there was only one thing for it. He had until seven o'clock to himself, assuming Niku slept through and would not be awake before he left. Loxley would keep his normal routine. He rang to book his taxi for quarter past seven, giving himself the extra fifteen minutes to fetch a toothbrush from his newsagent. Spies and country folk still needed such services. 
Loxley passed the day in a state of nervous anticipation. He did not want to be there at school, but could not stay away in case someone got suspicious. Did anyone miss Sam yet, or Niku? He would need all his years of experience, and a useful trick he found was to consciously inhabit his cover story to extremes. Even his real name became a hazy reality. He greeted Maria normally, and nobody mentioned Sam all morning. The caretaker stroke gardener was a roll of the shadows, the dawn and the dusk, and sometimes the night. Teachers and girls would not miss him for days yet. He did not know Sam's teaching schedule, but he assumed Spanton would have provided an excuse that would last a week. For lunch, he had decided to strike out towards Maria in a more overt way. He would invite her into town or out around the grounds for a walk. He pondered his tactics while he droned through Niku's history class. Amber asked after her, and he spoke in short sentences about a little family incident, nothing major, and Niku would be back in a day or two. They had accepted it, and he had moved right along. Two of their number had disappeared overnight, and it caused only the merest ripple on the water. Loxley had decided against lunch, but the walk was unsatisfactory. The ground stretched for a couple of hundred acres. It would not have been difficult to avoid Sam's sheds and the surrounding sports facilities, and yet it would have been a dereliction to go anywhere else. Maria herself had been quite keen to join him. Perhaps she sensed something was in the air. Perhaps she was spying on him. The wind gusted and made conversation tricky until they reached the tree line that marked the edge of the school grounds. They were some distance from Sam's potting sheds, but heading towards them in a straight line. I think we should have taken lunch in a cosy pub, said Maria, pulling her coat tightly around her body. A cosy pub was not a French thing, but she made it sound exquisite. Sorry, said Loxley. His mind was on Sam. You are wondering about Sam, she said, indicating the sheds ahead. Nobody has seen him. Sam, no, no, of course not, I hadn't noticed. I mean, I hadn't noticed him being off. He is very secretive, that one. Well, no more than anyone else. Who do we know, really, Miss Leclerc? Niku seems to be elsewhere, too. He glanced at Maria. She was a step ahead, so he could stare a bit. I hear she has some family thing, nothing major. Perhaps, peut-être. Mercifully, they had passed the sheds and were curving around the hill. The hills around here came at you from nowhere, but with purpose. Even the path did not take it head on. This one was Dawes Hill, the scene of many wartime exploits. The school site had included the whole area back then, and had been requisitioned by the army when war arrived. Dawes Hill had continued as a military base after the war, until very recently. It was now scheduled to become a housing estate of distinction, and its nuclear bunker was still in the grounds of the Abbey. Maria, I wonder if I may trouble you. I do find that I could do with a friend around here. I have not perhaps settled. She stopped and touched his arm. Of course, Mr. Ellis, I can be a friend. I know you liked Sam. Ellis, Christ, what a name to choose. Sam, oh, he'll be back soon enough, but thank you. I, I do feel rather isolated here. Back at home, Loxley felt like a spy again, and it felt good. He also knew that his absence had caused a setback. He found Niku sitting in front of the television, 
herself being watched by two men, one of whom was Spanton. The other was vaguely familiar from the office. There was a frigid silence, and nobody greeted him, and eventually Spanton broke the silence. Loxley, thank God, we thought you had gone rogue. What have I missed? Loxley hoped he sounded grumpy. The usual family bickering. We're watching that lovely young lady on countdown. Which one? There was a pause. The, um, the, uh, the, the, the brunette. Susie, wonderful. Oh, espionage. Nine letters. There you go. There's only one E, piped up Niku. Spanton was overcome by the giggles. Perhaps it was the stress. Well, that Y just leaves you with spy, old boy. Three letters. You two can bugger off. Unless you have some new orders, I can look after Niku from here. She's going back to school tomorrow. Quite right, Loxley. Good evening. I'll be in touch. Loxley dialed for pizza, but from the taxi firm. His driver, less risk. He chose three small ones that covered everything from veggie to meat, bland to spicy, the holy trinity, margarita, Hawaiian, and something with salami that went by various names. Niku was still watching the television, but with less conviction. Food is on the way, said Loxley. Will you be ready for school tomorrow? Niku nodded slowly. Loxley decided to wait for the food, and after it came he moved them to the small kitchen table and opened a decent red. He poured them a good glass each, something like half a pint. Are you ready to talk about Sam? Just the highlights. It would be a big help, I must tell you. You're not in any trouble. All this attention for me, to protect me? She sounded suspicious, as well she might. No, that's not it. That's a side effect. We do need to protect you, but we're more interested in what your father's doing. We are worried he may hurt you for one thing. She virtually spat her wine back into the glass. That he will not do. There's not much he wouldn't do, but hurting me is one of them. Did you shoot Sam? It was him or me. She was too cool for Loxley's liking. Not confident, but not shocked enough by her present circumstances. He had expected doctors, tranquilizers, shock. No pills had been needed. Do you believe you are still in danger? That was a good one. It had taken Loxley all day to think of the way to put that. She hesitated. Perhaps she was impressed. She shrugged. If you were still in danger, what is the threat, if not your father? Niku looked fully at him now. We haven't got time for that one. If you want me in school tomorrow, I need to be a schoolgirl. Let me eat and sleep, and thanks for the wine, it was a good idea. She had a point. We'll share my taxi at seven. I trust the driver, don't be late. And that was that. Back to normal, minus the gardener.